I'm Olivia. And I'm Ellie. And you're listening to For the Modern Lovers. A podcast for couples and suppliers. So Ellie, we are back with another episode. And today we also have another guest joining us. But before we introduce our guest and talk about who it is... What's been going on? Like, what have you been doing? What have we been organising? There's been lots going on in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, well, for one, it's so nice to see real weddings going ahead. It feels like a long, long time. I managed to do one wedding this year and it was between New Year and the third lockdown. So it seems so strange. It's so nice to see actual real life weddings. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, we've been quite busy planning uh, our third shoot. Yep, our third shoot. We can't wait. It's just been a little bit stressful to plan this time round. But we're so excited for that to finally go ahead. Um, Definitely follow us on Instagram if you want to see what we're planning. And that'll be hopefully coming soon. So Ellie, why don't you tell us who today's guest is? We have Ashley from Pink Palms coming on today. She is a wedding designer along with many other other talents, which I'm sure we're going to delve deep into today. So yeah, let's let's bring her in. So Ashley, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I'm Ashley Lee. I'm the founder of Pink Palms, the London-based design studio um, we do weddings photo shoots um, brand events lots of different things um, and I also um, am the founder of Bungalow which is a digital platform an online membership for couples to plan and design their weddings and within Pink Palms I offer a few different services um, d- design courses and mentoring so a kind of um, very much sit in the wedding industry but do lots of different things as well. Yeah, you are a a lady of many talents. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure about that. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely want to talk to you more about Bungalow and and everything like that. But first, we'd love to know, like, what's your story? How did you get into the wedding industry? Oh, so it's... um... Oh, it's one of those stories. Have you seen that thing on Instagram that and it says something about um, like uh, running your own business? And basically it's one big line, but it's like a big giant knot and it's kind of <laughs> it goes off and then it goes around, yeah. it twirls on itself. And it's a bit like that, really. So um, I used to be up in your neck of the woods, actually. I went to Nottingham Uni and trained as a nurse. And then when I left, I moved to London and started in um, like literally threw myself into it and started like cardiac nurse and ended up in critical care. And then met my, that's where I met my husband. We used to work together in the NHS. And then um, I got pregnant in 2014, 2015. And um, yeah, just it was when I was nursing, it was one of those things that I kind of on a nice day, like it's really lovely today and it's really sunny, right? And I used to look out the window and be like, I just wish I was a dog walker today. Like, I just wish I did something else. And I thought there's absolutely like no, like, you know, uh, don't mean that in a negative way, but I think there is when you would prefer to do, to walk someone else's dog, than do your own job. I kind of felt like I need to, I need to have a think about, um, about what I'm going to do, but I knew it wasn't a career forever. So I did loads of interior design training while I was nursing, um, but I just never had the confidence to do anything with it. It felt a bit trapped, to be honest. Um, And then when I got pregnant, it was kind of, um, that's when things really changed for me. And I thought, I actually, I, I just can't carry on doing what I'm doing. It was like 13, 14, 15 hour days sometimes on your feet 24 seven, you didn't even get a break to pee. Um, never mind, like eat or drink. And um, yeah, and it was it was just really, um, it's really, it's a really difficult, very intense job emotionally. And I used to come home and I just have nothing left in the tank. And then whilst I was on maternity leave, I kind of, so I was, I knew I wanted to do something else, but I just couldn't quite figure out what it was. And then whilst I was on maternity leave and my husband, we weren't married at the time, he came home one day from work and I sat on the sofa with the baby and he just started hoovering up and down. And then he just went, "Um, so we're moving to LA. And I was like, what? 
And he was like, yeah, 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 we're moving to LA. And I was like, what? Um, and uh, basically it, it's a bit odd, but for his job, you have to work abroad to get the job that he's now got. You have to have done like a sabbatical abroad. Um, it's kind of like an unwritten rule, I guess. So he got um, a, he got a, a placement abroad in LA, but because we weren't married at the time, I couldn't tag on to his work visa. So I had to go on an extended travel visa, which meant that basically it was a forced career break. Um, and it was like, I don't know, it was like, I don't know, sign from the universe or something, but I, I knew I needed a career break and I needed the time to figure out what I wanted to do, but I just like the, um, the light bulb hadn't gone off yet, you know, not while I was on maternity leave anyway. And, um, and yeah, so it all came out of being in LA, really. So we moved there and it's just so creative. Everybody does something creative, like met loads of people, but I didn't meet anybody who did like a, I don't, I don't want to say practical job because they're all very useful jobs that they do there, but they're just very different. Everybody does like, um, you know, runs like a video editing company. And, and I became friends with um couple and they work for the tv studios they work for nbc and just loads of different stuff um loads of different stuff like that and that's basically where i got into weddings so i couldn't work so i didn't set up my business there but that's where i kind of did the networking and and assisted on weddings and and kind of decided that that was going to be my route forward so then when we came home back to london i was thinking I knew how hard it was to like network and just even get to know people never mind set up a business and i thought oh god can i like can I do it again? And I just thought when I'm 80, like, I know, you know, whenever like my time's up or whatever, I'm going to look back on this moment and regret if I don't take it. And even if it like, it fails massively, um, I've got to, I've just got to give it a go. There's something in me that I've just got to give it a go. So, um, so I did. And then, um, so the whole kind of like branding behind Pink Palms, that's very much LA, got an LA feel to it. And I wanted to bring it in as part of like my brand story, because I always want to tap into that creativity, like just how like alive I felt when we lived there. Um, so it's a very long-winded answer, but that's basically kind of I don't know, exactly like I said, like that knot, right? So yeah. that knot, like every which way, I wasn't sure what I was doing. Um, and then, yeah, then one day, fortunately, the light bulb struck while we were there and kind of here I am in weddings. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm still waiting for my husband to hoover. <laughs> and second of all I'm waiting for him to tell me I'm moving to LA as well <laughs> honestly it was just the most bizarre moment I don't know like because we he'd mentioned before that we might have to move abroad but that was way before we got pregnant and and obviously I had the baby that but it was like over a year before and we thought it might be Canada and then we thought it might be Italy and then it just all died to death really and never came back around and you know just came home one day and said oh moving to LA and I was like what and he was like well you always knew we were going to move abroad and I was like we haven't spoken about this for like 18 months but um but yeah that's that's men for you isn't it really <laughs> <laughs> but I love that story though because that's that's just like such an amazing story like and I know I've talked to you before about when you're in LA and it sounds absolutely amazing I love that that's behind like the name like and the like the branding of pink palms yeah I really like that um so then when did you do I suppose when was your first like kind of wedding in the UK then after coming home oh god my memory isn't the best um so you're pushing me now after 12 <laughs> months of no weddings so we came back and then I thought but I mean having a having a previous job like nursing is very much like it's all about qualifications obviously you don't yeah. self-teach yourself so I had that background of I've got to I've got to learn to do this properly so I did some wedding planning um courses but I knew then that it wasn't really what I wanted it wasn't really um the whole point of, of like when I was in LA and, and coming up with the idea of going into weddings was um, for the creativity and for the inspiration yeah. and then when because that's what weddings are there and then when I came back here, I was kind of like, well, this isn't really fitting what it was there. Mm. It feels a little bit dated and it feels a little bit more traditional. Um, but I did some wedding planning courses because I thought I just need to have like the knowledge and the background and kind of the, like tick against my name, essentially. Um, so I did that. And then um, it took me a little while, probably about a year 
to really figure out what I wanted to do because I did lots of networking and met other planners and they were like yeah no wedding design and style it's not a thing like it's not a thing here and I was like but I'd seen it being it's a thing it's a thing in LA it's a thing elsewhere um and I don't see why it wouldn't catch on here it's just that the UK was just a bit behind um in terms of what the industry offers I don't necessarily think that um from a consumer point of view they're very much asking for it but it's just what the industry offers it just wasn't very kind of yeah it just didn't have those services really so it probably took me a little bit longer to get an initial wedding booking because I again went on a bit of a journey as to what I wanted to do and where I would fit and I eventually made my peace with um uh like not having really like a role model to go off in the industry I didn't have somebody who I thought that you know look at what they're doing and where they are that's where I want to be because I couldn't see anybody doing what I wanted to do which was design um so yeah I've kind of like I've definitely um bit off more than I could chew sometimes and and kind of yeah made a rod for my own back trying to create something that maybe wasn't necessarily there yet um as much as it is now I mean it's massively come on in the last few years um, but it definitely took me a little bit longer to gain confidence in the services that I offered and that it aligned with my skill set um, to get an initial wedding booking. But I did a few wedding fairs. I forget what year it was now. Um, and then and then straight off the back of wedding fairs, because there's a big myth for, for planners that um, you don't exhibit at wedding fairs because you don't get anything from it. But again, that was another thing that I just ignored because I thought I've got to give it a go, right? I'm happy to give everything a go and just see see what comes from it. And wedding fairs for me, just like it's just all it is is just talking to people, so they get to know you. And um, and yeah, I've got bookings straight off the back of those. So if anybody is a wedding planner or a designer or a stylist um, and has been told that advice before, please don't listen because it's not true yeah get yourself there (laughs) yeah for sure yeah for sure so thinking about the whole planning process and the fact that there's so many places you could begin and where to begin what kind of advice do you have for couples that are quite overwhelmed by where to start um yeah what do you think's the most important most important parts so one of the things um we like really focus on in bungalow the online membership that I run for couples is when you first get engaged it's your priorities and because you get like spammed with oh do you have you found your wedding venue yet or have you found your date yet and you just you're still right back at the beginning like celebrating and um what tends to happen is people will decide on a guest list have a very rough budget go look at venues, book a venue. The venue is probably more than maybe should be with, allowed within their budget. They spend, couples I've noticed the last few years are spending a lot more on venues and catering um, because they don't have the knowledge. That's one of the first things you do. You learn all about what everything else costs much further down the line. That's one of the big problems is that then people massively overspend on a venue or a caterer or you know if your venue comes with catering. Um, and only learn what everything else costs further along down the line because they feel panicked and they feel in a rush to book and one of the things that I try to get couples to realize is to slow down Um, there is no rush although it feels like there is a rush definitely like at the moment but slow down figure out what your priorities are and like where you want to spend more money for some people it's um, music photography and the booze for other people it's the venue and the flowers and the dress and and everybody's different that's one of the best things about weddings I think is that you can really lean into what you you're both drawn to and what your priorities are and sometimes where I think weddings um one the couple's taken in too many other of other people's opinions um but two they they kind of try and stretch themselves across across everything and make it especially within their budget make everything relatively even and then usually what happens is they end up with up with stuff that they don't necessarily love but it's because they feel they've got to have it so um right back at the beginning I'd say kind of make a list of everything that you need from photography videography florists dress venue um 
all those kind of things. Figure out what your priorities are. So what you'd rather spend more on, what you'd rather spend less on, and then adjust your budget according to that. And don't be in a panic to book your venue. And if you're, there's two types of couples, I think. Couples who um, go to a venue, book the venue, and then will book everybody off a recommended supplier list because they feel panicked and it's easy. Or there are couples who are very intentional about the suppliers that they work with and they want to get to know us and, and have that relationship with us and, and feel like um, we can deliver like the best day of their lives. And I try and really lean into the couples who are intentional about who they want to work with um, on their on their weddings. You just get really, you guys know, you get more personalized weddings that way. And they're really lovely days to work on. Why do you think um, it is important to have a wedding designer and planner? I think this is something that I'd be interested to hear because I actually, when I got married, I never had a planner or a designer or anyone. But I think that that is something that I seriously regret not doing. And until I like saw your Instagram and met you after I've been married, I was like, I just think that would have made my wedding like next level. Um, so I, I want to know like what would you would say to couples, like why you think it's important? Yeah, I mean, there's a few things within the services that we offer and some people are just planners. So that's very logistics. Um, other people like me, I kind of, I'm designed. So I um, will, it's kind of a little bit like an architect really help you like build the whole day but it's design, but it's from a design perspective. It's not from a logistics perspective. If you love logistics, um, I'm probably not the right person. If you love design, I will be the right person. It's still planning, but it's a diff It's coming at it from a different angle. And then styling is just very much um, like setting up on the day. So from a logistical point of view, so what people don't realize is that um, obviously you're right back at the very beginning. It's really lovely and you're really excited and you're in like a, it being engaged is a really short period of life, really. It's really special, but it's really short. And I know it feels like it's relatively long when you're in it, but it goes by so fast. And as you get closer to your wedding day, things really, really, really start to ramp up. And what happens is people get more stressed and more stressed and more stressed. And, and sometimes I've seen it myself when I've gone along to weddings and they can't take in what's happening on the day because they're in charge like they can't let go and one of the big things for me is and this probably comes from a nursing background is that when you've got all those stress hormones pumping around your body your brain doesn't store the memories the same way as it would do as if you were relaxed and calm you, you just can't recall you can't remember um and that's like a uh like a, a biology thing you can't the only way you can get around that is by like investing heavily in self-care so mindfulness meditation yoga and um, breathing exercises and that's something that I really promote within bungalow um and the other way of, of kind of getting around that is to work with a planner somebody who's taken on all that stress for you and it doesn't they're, they're not making the decisions for you it's an investment into the whole um into the whole process and making things easier for you your families and then on the day everybody can just go oh like relax and just have the best day whereas what happens is when you don't work with a planner you have jobs to do on the day you give your family jobs to do on the day you know like look after grandma or look after the kids or something 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 and then they all just want to relax as well you get to the day and you see your family they're not doing the jobs you've given them because they just want to relax and have a good time and your stress just goes up even more so if somebody's on a budget, I'd really recommend an on-the-day coordinator. And there's loads of companies that just specialize in helping you either the day of, the week of, or even like a month out um, earlier. You know, there is, they're not, planners aren't a necessity, but they're one of the best investments you can ever make. And then from a design perspective, people think that it's, um, and I, I really love busting this myth because it people think that if you work with a designer or um, somebody like me, I'll make you spend more money. It's a, we can only do that if we've got a big budget and we can only do that, you know, basically she'll make us spend more money and there'll be like florals hanging from the ceilings <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And, and actually what I do is bring you right back to the very beginning and figure out who you are and what you're drawn to. And then we reverse engineer 
everything about you both against your wedding day. So it means that everything's really intentional from your venue through to your photographer, through to the type, like I get really specific. So I show them specific types of photography. I show them specific types of floral design um, specific color palettes, specific venues that I know because I've kind of put them through a bit of a design process. And this is part of what I teach um, other people to do on my design course or the suppliers. This is what I teach them to do is to um, is to really get to know their couples on another level. So you can set you can kind of anticipate what they're going to be drawn to and only show them things that, you know, they're going to love. And one of the things that does is like instantly boost your like relationship and, and their trust in you. But so often when I started out, what couples would do is they come to me like five, six months out and say, this is the group of suppliers that I've booked. Um, but this is what I want, like and expected me to have a magic wand. And I'd have to say to them that florist doesn't do that type of floral design. We can definitely ask her and we'll have a chat with her about it. But if you look at what she specializes in, it's not what you it's not what you want. And I realized that we all all of us have specific skills. Right. If, if you wanted like a Bridgerton's massive, like as a theme now at the moment, right? If you wanted like a Bridgerton inspired wedding, you probably wouldn't come to me because you'd look at my Instagram or my portfolio and be like, she obviously doesn't specialize in that kind of thing. There'll be other people who most definitely do. And that's their strength. And you've really got to tap into people's strengths. I think that's one of the things that's a little bit of a downfall when couples are in, um, they're engaged for such a short period of time is that they're not with us long enough to kind of really understand who will serve them better. There's so much noise and so many supplies, it's really difficult for them to, for them to cut through. So that's one of the things that I, I do all that for them um, as, a, as a design service. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you talked about stereotypes, because I know like I would picture, I don't know if you've seen Father of the Bride, the wedding planner in that film Love that. and he wants to go for the cheap and cheerful chicken and he's like chicken you know so <laughs> it makes me think yeah like oh you know I'm gonna invest that money and maybe they're gonna take over and I won't get what I want or I'm gonna end up spending like tons of money but it's nice to you know see that that's not that's not your not what you're doing and you can tell that you approach it from a different perspective to a lot of planners that I've seen maybe where yeah. you, the the outcome is so detailed and personalized and you yeah. help them achieve that in a way that is you know affordable and stress-free basically and fun yeah and and it's really it's really important and I really own that because I've had other people come to me and say oh I did this course with a wedding planner and they don't um they don't design till like a few months out. That's when they go into like their design phase. And um, everyone's different. So obviously everybody's styles are totally different. And, and what works for one person isn't going to work for another. But I really own the process that I've um, like crafted really. And I've taken it from my interior design trainer. I did all this training when I was nursing and then didn't have the bravery to do anything with it. And then now it's kind of found its it's found its own because I found an industry where I can use that background and that training and that knowledge in something where they they weren't doing the same processes before um I just think it's such a missed opportunity if you design later on down the line to me if I did that everything would start to look the same because I've already all the kind of the different photography styles and the different floral styles and the, it like all the points where you could personalize something you've you missed it too late that's why I kind of flip it on its head and, and um, work very much. Yeah, like an architect or, or an interior designer, really, is that you start with the design and the, and the planning and the logistics and the budgets and all that kind of thing as well. But you just start with the design from the beginning. So you had a, a course a couple of weeks ago, I think, um, all about using Pinterest. Pinterest is such an overwhelming place. It's amazing, but super overwhelming. So if you had any like key tips for like tackling Pinterest and using that well to design your wedding. Yeah, so I did the Pinterest challenge for couples a few, um, God, I think it was last month now. And because I agree, Pinterest is so powerful um, and it's so useful. 
and I think pretty much every couple, every engaged couple uses it, I think, to plan their weddings. But one of the things is, is that it wants to segment you. Um, and you, you even when you create a board, if wedding is in the title before, as soon as you've created that board, um, as soon before you've even selected any pins and you've gone to like the search page, it shows you, it will come up with pins and it will push pins towards you, which it thinks will fit the title of your boards is all about the algorithm and if you scroll through it they're all really similar and they're all very um cream and green and lots of log slices and lots of jam jars and and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that for people who love it but one of the things it does is it just shows you quite a narrow vision of what a wedding can be and so um, one of the things that I try to show people is how I use Pinterest, how I use it to, um, or, or I don't use it that much myself now because I work with couples and, and, and they use Pinterest. Sometimes I'll use it for some projects that I work on. But one of the things people never, ever, 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 ever do with Pinterest is um, remove pins from a board. So Pinterest kind of, from a business perspective, sometimes can penalize you if you delete stuff. But what one of um, some of the bungalow members have started to do after we went through the, um, the the Pinterest challenge is move pins that no longer like align with what their vision is onto an archive board. Because sometimes people are panicked about deleting pins off a board and then never being able to find them again. And so moving them onto an archive board and just really zoning in on what it is that you want. Because anybody planning a wedding, you started that Pinterest board months ago, right? And you just keep adding to it and adding to it and adding to it. And then when you go back on a few months out, you think, oh my God, well, my flowers don't look like that. There's like all these different images in my hair. I like that one, but I don't know if I like that. And it just, what happens is you get in a bit of a trap of being overwhelmed by it because it pushes you back to the inspiration point which is right at the very beginning and, and obviously once you've got your inspiration you've got to move along the line then and start making decisions and booking suppliers and and so you'll move along the line go back onto Pinterest and then it brings you right back to the beginning again where you're looking at inspiration and that's where people get overwhelmed so I took them through deleting pins which is really helpful or creating an archive board and moving stuff over but one of the things that's really powerful about Pinterest or that I really like to do is to search for stuff and don't include the word wedding um, and just see what comes up. So in fact, I had a call with a bungalow member this morning and she was talking to me about table plans. And she said, I really, I want a really impactful um, table plan. She might listen to this actually. So hi Georgie, um, if you listen. Um, and she said, I want a really impactful table plan. I've hired a frame. The florist is going to do installations on it. And basically it's a, it's a, um, huge pane of acrylic and I just don't know what I want to do with it I don't want it to be um like a like a boring table plan so I was looking at um escort cards where people will take things yeah. away from them so she said she had gone through Pinterest and she'd looked at all these um table plans and she was going round and round and round she just couldn't find anything that she really liked so when she told me about it I said do you know what I'll, I'd do, Georgie? Don't search for wedding table plans. What I would do is search for shop window displays because everything in a shop window in a retail display is on to glass. And it's the same as what you're doing. It's the same. Um, you're, you're, you've got to put it on a piece of acrylic. And if you have escort cards where people would take things off, that's going to look a little bit odd when everybody's taking it off and it, the table plan's going to stay there. And she wanted it to be like a big feature of the day. So we went through a few different things that um, retail stores do to decorate their windows. And I said, I'd scrap table plans. You already, you've got your frame, you know kind of what, what materials you're using. And it's going to be a huge acrylic sheet. Look at um, how retail stores um, decorate their windows. There's loads of inspiration. Um, and so I sent her off doing that. And that's something that I think is really important about Pinterest is don't, if you're looking for something different, don't put the word wedding in because it will show you the same stuff it's showing um, millions of other engaged couples and everybody's different that's a really good tip I like that yeah, yeah. we've um, mentioned bungalow a couple of times however I, maybe some people listen to this haven't haven't heard of it don't know what it is um can you explain yeah so um we're April now right so like 
13 what 13 14 months into like pandemic and um and when it I had like <laughs> obviously I was supposed to have like the the biggest year ever in 2020 when it came to weddings and um obviously all of that I didn't get to do one wedding last year not one all of mine moved that's the thing with my couples is that the, if you work with someone like me chances are you're gonna have a bigger wedding um and and invest a little bit more in it usually and so they a micro wedding just wasn't suitable for my couples it wasn't something they were going to go for and then I thought okay so what am I what am I going to do and then I was on like quite a few different Facebook groups and I just saw the panic like the panic within suppliers but also the panic within couples and I just thought this is like this is crazy like this has got to stop and I knew that I if you kind of flipped it on its head and twisted it a little bit and gave people a positive space which they could be a part of and that would give them inspiration and creativity because loads of people tapped into if you look outside of weddings loads of people set up businesses last year side hustles Mm -hmm. loads of people picked up new hobbies and learned stuff and got really creative and I kind of thought that that was something we could apply to weddings so I decided to build a digital platform, which stupidly, I thought it's the same content that I am talking about my clients who book me, uh, work with me one to one. It's the same stuff. It's just online. I'm just going to do an online membership um, and had literally zero respect for what it takes to run a digital business. <laughs> I was really naive, um, but it was great to be so naive because I'm not sure I would have done it if i um, if I'd have known all the struggles I'd have up front. Um, but essentially, like, yeah, 12 months ago, I wanted it to be a really positive space because I just I just saw the panic um, and I, I just didn't think it was, it didn't sit very well with me. Um, and I thought I could definitely, like, positively impact people. So I set up Bungalow, which is an online membership for couples to plan their weddings with like we have guest experts come in and talk to us so you've been in haven't you Ellie and talked all about yeah it's such a good time yeah Yeah, seasonal florals and um so we bring loads of different experts in so essentially you're getting all this um it feels like one-to-one help but without the price tag of working with somebody one-to-one and I think that's the probably I've always been aware of it since we because I started in LA and when when I came back and I just thought there's definitely a demand for more modern weddings um but I just couldn't find anywhere that was catering to them and I've always felt like there was a bit of a disconnect between what the industry offers and actually what consumers want and that's another way of looking at it I guess with bungalow is that they all what I what I can do and the, the the knowledge I can pass on and what I've learned people really really wanted but I was only offering that in a one-to-one service which cuts out so many people because either they can't afford it or they don't want to pay for it um on a one-to-one um basis or they don't feel like they need it on a one-to-one basis but that was all I was offering and I thought if I switched it into a different model it it's the same yeah it's the same knowledge it's the same kind of help but no admin from me on somebody's weddings they're still very much kind of running their weddings themselves and planning them themselves but they've always got someone to lean on and so it's really bridged the gap between what like modern design focused couples want um and 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 me and and my business and, and what I offer because there was just no connection there before so I've seen a totally different um, it's a totally different world compared to Pink Palms, which you really think it wouldn't be because um, it's essentially me offering the same thing, just bringing in lots of different experts. But it really is so different. And it's been such a joy to be um, a part of for the last it's launched in October last year. And then the group are just so lovely and they're so supportive. And we've had some weddings already, obviously smaller ones and um, they're just also invested and supporting each other and everybody is obviously going through difficult times um, as well but they um, yeah they've really got each other's backs and it's such a nice I just feel so privileged to be like a part of it and like being able to bring them all together you know um, so that's kind of bungalow really in a in a nutshell. I was just gonna say it's like you've built a community I know when 
I came on and, and spoke about seasonal florals. I had so many nice messages after saying that was so helpful. And um, you've got the Facebook group where they all chat and support each other. And it's just given so much more like joy back into the industry from such a hard year. And I think what you're doing is what well, I personally have never seen it anywhere. I think it's so different and I just yeah I think it's amazing I kind of want to get married again yeah. <laughs> and join that's what every supplier says to me everyone says what if this was around when I got married I'm like oh yeah sorry a few years a few years too late but it's it's the same everybody who comes in and, and like talks to us it does the same from a supplier perspective it does the same for them as it's done for me is it kind of gives you that boost back about weddings um, and we had Ellie from inner city weddings come in and she um is up in Sheffield and she runs a few venues and kind of really specializes in on the day um coordination and she was like oh my god I just feel excited about weddings again and it was just so nice from an industry perspective as well because obviously our kind of bread and butter was like taken away from us mm. um and so it's lovely for to have the community for couples but then it kind of it gives so much back to the suppliers who come in to talk to us and everybody always ends up with inquiries off the back of it which is really nice um and I think that's because they come in and really represent themselves really well and their businesses really well and they just give so much value um to all the members that yeah there's kind of a little flurry of activity um after someone's after someone's come in which is always really lovely and that's um definitely another bonus for me is that giving other people work off the back of it is just um yeah is a huge positive because I think we can um we can all do like with a bit of a boost after the last 12 months so any business that I can throw out to to other people um from it is is really is really lovely really yeah and I've mentioned to you before that the inquiry because on my inquiry form um I ask, where did you find me? And I would say 99% of the time it says Instagram. But I've had a few that have said bungalow members and I just ask them to describe a little bit about what they're wanting and their wedding and things. And the descriptions from your couples are always just amazing. Like so different, so quirky, so well thought through. And it's always such a pleasure when I see a bungalow member send an inquiry through. So you're doing Aww. doing something good. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I've put in the time and I've put in the effort and they are really the, um, like the group who've just, it's one of those things you can take a horse to water, right? But if you've got the right group, they're going to drink. Like 90% of people who I could teach the same things would just be like, oh yeah, thanks. And um, But because I've really zoned in on who it's for, especially since it's launched, I've figured out, who that like it's it's niche like it's very niche although it could be open to like thousands of couples actually it's very niche because it's for modern design focused mm -hmm. couples um and so they want to um pick up and run with what I'm teaching them and then that also gives the suppliers who end up with the briefs that we work through and, and I teach them how to craft these specific briefs design briefs it's so helpful for every supplier who um who receives one because you get colors and 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 all different like images and and there's a there's a kind of I call them like practical mood boards because they're very practical they're designed for other suppliers to pick up and run with them and they're also designed for to keep couples on track and to stop them veering off and and sometimes with Pinterest boards or kind of more traditional mood boards whereas it's just loads of images the biggest problem with that is everybody will interpret it in a different way and so you end up with something that you didn't think was on the mood board, but your um, stationer looked at it and saw something wildly different to what you did. And that's down to interpretation. So it's, it's kind of, um, yeah, even like, I love being a niche. I'm obsessed with like carving a niche and, um, and that's kind of like a niche version of a mood board, I guess. <laughs> so you don't only do bungalow, um, as we said, you do lots of different things, but you actually have a design course for couples and suppliers, um, which I think is really interesting. Um, can you give us a little bit of insight about this as well? So this was another COVID um, pivot, if you will, um, in that I get so many messages from 
industry suppliers who said can I support you on weddings like can you teach me what you do um and it was just constant but before pandemic obviously we were just I don't know about you guys but I felt like a hamster like on a hamster wheel it was just constant and I would think I'd love to do that I'd love to do that I'd love to do that but I um I never had time never had time to train anybody up and so when it hit I kind of I was we were a couple of months in and I thought okay now's the time for me to really like break down my process and and teach it to other people so I created a design course last year and um, we've had a few intakes now um and it's just got the most like I'm so proud of it and I'm so proud of everybody who um like the students of it because it's just changed people's businesses and the biggest thing it does is obviously one of the stats that came out the um, pandemic, right, is that the wedding industry is 80% female founders, like we're female-run businesses, 80% of us. And one of the biggest issues for, for women, I think, running um, businesses is confidence. And we, you know, much more likely to suffer from imposter syndrome and like a, a really intensely feel a lack of confidence. And um, that all has a huge impact on your business and where it's going to go and what you will get from it. And I wanted to create something that just really um, like inspired people and gave them the confidence. And so it's um, it's definitely a design course, but it's not design and like airy fairy. It's very practical. And it again, kind of like the mood boards I just spoke about is that it's um, it kind of breaks things down for people so that they can follow what I do like one two three um and that I love design and I love being inspired and lots of different things but I've done a lot of training um, and kind of all kinds of courses in my time and the ones that I've got the most value from are always ones which give you something you can take away and like implement yourself and so it was really important and that's I think the key in building people's confidence is that it's not just about knowledge and, and looking at stuff and learning stuff. It's actually being, being able to implement it in your business and then seeing the work that the students have done after they've taken it. It's just like a next level and they're being featured here, there and everywhere and they're doubling their prices and getting clients in and just, and it's just giving them so much more confidence. But the biggest thing it does from a couple's perspective is that it gives gives you more value from the supplier you work with you get so much more value from them like there's a stationer who took it and she said um one of her clients contacted her and said this has been the best experience out of my whole wedding planning the wow. best wedding ex wedding planning experience from uh working with as a stationer and that's like the power of it's when you give somebody so much value um that you become like a, a focal point and I guess for a lot of stationers, they probably sometimes feel a little bit more on the periphery, but it definitely brings them um, like front and center, which um, yeah builds their confidence, but also massively builds their brand as well. Because um, we're all visual creatives, right? Um, yeah. Kind of not digital or or anything like that. We're very much kind of um, making and creating and doing and then capturing it and and, and just recycling it and, and using it to very visual and having the, um, it, it be very obvious, the work you created before the design course and then the work you created afterwards, like you can really see it. And uh, yeah, I just get so much joy from it. I'm so proud of everybody who's taken it and watch all the, just watch their businesses fly. Honestly, it's so, um, it's so incredible to have been a part of their journey. Me and Ali were saying like, every time we watch your stories, we feel so inspired. Because um, you've just got this really positive attitude, which is great because in, in this situation, you can just sit there and feel really sorry for yourself. There has been many opportunities to do something different. Like we started this podcast because we would never have had time previously. We're going to make time even with our busy schedule still to do it. But it's something that we thought of doing because we were just sat around thinking, well, why don't we just do that? Why don't we try it? So that's think, it, isn't it? Yeah. It's just given everybody so much time to do like one passion project but like for me, I never like bungalow was kind of on my radar. So the beginning of 2020, I wanted to do lots of in-person workshops for couples. So I'd lined up a candle maker, I'd lined up a florist, I'd lined up a calligrapher and we were hosting in-person workshops. I got to do one and then COVID hit. And then I was, but I knew there was something in it, 
but it didn't sit very well with me that everybody had to be London-based to come because lots of my audience are in London, but lots of them aren't. And obviously I'm a Northerner myself. I know how like um, modern and design focused like Northern girls are. And I thought that doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really sit very well with me that you've got to live in London to come. So the, the switching it to, to an online um, platform was um, kind of something that COVID forced me to do. But I guess one of the things that I realized last year was that it didn't take, we weren't in it very long, were we? And I just thought, I, and this might frighten some people to think of it this way, but I thought, I just, we cannot rely on the government to bail us out because they're not going to. So it was very obvious, and, and we're 12 months in now, and we're still struggling with, with wedding industry um, support. And, and obviously, sadly, by this point, lots of businesses have gone under. And I just thought I cannot rely on anybody else to help me or to save my business. I've got the only person who can get can confidently get me out of this is myself. And that would scare some people, but it inspired me. And that's the thing that kept me going the whole time is I just can't. Um, I can't sit there and wait for them to, to kind of to give us grants or to um yeah you know to, to, to give us us bailouts and and it's not obviously say bailouts it sounds like a, a negative way we very very much need them and there's some businesses that still desperately need them but I'm in the fortunate position where um it's just me you know I don't run a, a, a big venue where I haven't got huge overheads um so I was able to to switch focus but that's one of the things that I I think how I kept so inspired because I had to put, I um, I don't know if I've ever told anybody this really, but I invested a lot in myself last year, my mindset and self-development because I'd identified that I was the only person who was gonna, who was gonna like gonna get me out of it. Um, so I thought, right, well, what am I gonna, um, like I, I need to, I need to like change how my, like my mind works and my thought processing works to, to be able to like strengthen, um, to, to strengthen myself but also my business so that's kind of probably why I'm like always um like I feel I'm a luckily quite a positive person anyway I mean I don't wake up moody or <laughs> can't say that for my husband um but uh but yeah that's definitely something that I've leaned into for sure over the last 12 months I feel like a different person now my brain just functions differently and it's um it's I mean it's been a journey for all of us for sure but I think um there's a lot of aspects of my business that are quite unrecognizable from from 12 months ago. I'm just riding the wave. <laughs> I'm just and it's not stopping at the moment. So I'm kind of like, okay, where are we go next? <laughs> yeah, it's so great that you've got so much for supplies and couples to learn. So I mean, I personally would still follow you, obviously, if you didn't have any advice for me personally, but I'm always getting tips from you. And um <laughs> I saw you posted that you're doing like an ideal client challenge. And I think that will be launching the Monday after this podcast. So one week from today. So yeah, what's, what's all that about? That is great timing. So it starts on May the 3rd and there's a link in my Instagram bio, which anybody can sign up it's totally free. And it's a five day ideal client challenge there's a few reasons why I'm doing it but one of the biggest reasons is there's a few suppliers that I know who've had issues during COVID with cancellations of couples and um, you know getting their money back and CMA getting involved and, and kind of it hasn't always gone smoothly and the one thing that everybody said to me when that's happened to them is I knew they weren't the right client for me every single one of them have said it and I thought the there's something in that but then too I feel like and it's totally understandable why couples are panicking at the moment about getting their suppliers booked um because there's going to be a when weddings come back like with no restrictions it's going to be busy right you know dates are kind of it's every day of the week um after June 21st at the moment but um but I kind of thought that with all that panic suppliers are maybe not leaning into who their ideal clients are and are just seeing it as business and when you don't identify who your ideal client is and when you don't 
really, really, really niche down in who you're for and who you serve, you're doing yourself a massive disservice. And that's one of the things that I want to cover in the in the ideal attract your ideal client challenge is that the power of knowing who your ideal clients are because I did some polls on my Instagram stories and like 71% of people said they'd never done any work on who their ideal clients are and who they're for and who they serve and you should know them like inside out and it's all the you can go on Pinterest and look for ideal client checklist or whatever and it'll say you should know their political persuasions and what kind of jobs they have and all those demographic yawn stuff you know where they shop and all that kind of thing which is helpful but one of the things that that you then don't know is what they're going to be drawn to like we're visual like we said visual creatives we create things for people and um and, and like very much showcase it for them but if you've only identified what political party they support how are you going to know what they're drawn to like from the, the work that you create and and the shoots that you um the shoots that you design and all that kind of thing. So that's one thing that I think is everywhere I've looked for ideal clients. And when when you're doing any work on your niche, that's the part that's missing. And that's the part that I'm going to try and um like plug those gaps for suppliers so they can um reserve their work and the amazing services they offer for the couples who are out there looking for somebody just like them they, they are out there looking for you and through all the noise they just can't find you and I think sometimes when maybe when the bookings aren't coming through like thick and fast people panic when you run a business and what you do is kind of um veer off a little bit and widen slowly 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 it gets wider and wider and wider like you cast in your net wider and cast in your net wider and all that does is really dilute your skills and your like all the amazing things that you can do and, and you can create because you're trying to appeal to too many people. So then your ideal clients will come along and they'll go, oh, I love that, which you did there, but I'm not sure about that. And I like that, but mm, yeah, no, I don't like that. And they get confused by it. And so um, <laughs> one of my things is like really stick to your guns once you've done the work. And you know your ideal client and you know your niche, you've really, really got to stick to it because that's when it pays off. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, um, I guess in time, I've done it now in time to, um, before we like weddings start back again, start up kind of really ramp up because this is the last period of time where people will have um, quite a lot of time on their hands, hopefully to, um, to learn. So that's May the 3rd. And if anybody wants to join, would love to have you along. It's totally free. Um, yeah. And it's five days. And um, and it's, uh, yeah, the, the link is in my bio. I think this is something that Olivia and I have touched on in pretty much every single episode we've done. <laughs> Ideal clients, we've, ha we've been hammering that in because we were just saying it's not, it isn't easy. So... Mm. Um, and it's everybody's dream to attract and to find and for people to find you that you're you, you know your ideal clients so I think this will be one to not miss I was gonna say one to miss no one to not miss <laughs> oh, please don't not one to miss that's <laughs> please don't miss it because that's the thing obviously when weddings come back like I don't know when I'll be running it again like yeah. people have asked me oh when are you doing this again when I'm like I don't know like you know because I've still got a few weddings that are up in the air um date wise so yeah I think it is it is really important and like you say when you start a wedding business you've got such a oh you've just got this dream in your head of what it's going to be like and you just feel so inspired and so created and uh, like creative and then as time goes on and you're wearing all the hats and all that kind of stuff you just get more and more ground into well I've got to upgrade from the free version of this software to the paid version and you know inbox zero is just a hoax that never happens and you know like you do it just doing everything everything all the time and and sometimes people start to give up on on like the their dream a little bit and when things um don't happen the way that it it appears they're happening for everybody else yeah kind of people cast their net wider and wider and wider um but it's just because they've never done the work and they don't know um, but another thing that came up on my Instagram polls was 
something like 91% of people want to stand out in the wedding industry. So 90% of 91% of suppliers want to stand out. But in order to stand out, you've got to know who your ideal client is. Really got to have a, such a clear picture of them in your head because you don't want to stand out to everybody because you're not for everybody. We're not vanilla. We're not trying to appeal to like <laughs> any old soul, are we? Like you're trying to appeal just to your ideal clients. And, um, and so you've got to have that like ambition to stand out to then kind of cut through the noise. But in order to stand out, you've, already, you've got to have done that work beforehand. Because I know there's loads of people who aren't going to appreciate the work that I create and I'm totally okay with that. There's so many other amazing people who do, as a service, do very similar things to what I do, but it looks totally different. And, and we're all for different um, people. And we've all got very clear ideas of who our ideal clients are and who we're serving. And that's where the kind of, it also takes out a lot of the like um, kind of, uh, competition I think and where people get worried about that they, they live in a bit of a like um like a scarcity mindset where you kind of you're panicking about what other people are creating and thinking well my work doesn't look like that and they're getting all the clients and I'm not when you appreciate who your ideal client is and it's really clear what work they want to see from you you can all you have to do is go off and create it then that's it job done like and that's kind of what um a lot of what we'll cover in the challenge but it's also what I cover in the design course as well is it's so practical I give people so many specifics on what once we've analyzed who their ideal clients are what they will want to see from them and um, so they all they have to do then is go off and do it like create it and it makes them um sideline specific parts of their business which they were they were disconnected from anyway but they just hadn't given up um, and when I've said to them, that's co it's confusing people because it's two totally different styles as two totally different clients who will ask for those two different things. You've, you've got to commit to one. And um, and the impact that then has for people's businesses is just, you know, like revolutionizes them. One, it makes things easier for you if you're running it. You're only kind of getting really, really specific on what you're creating. But um, but two, you kind of after a while and you putting out consistent content um, and consistent products or designs whatever it is and um, depending on what you do that's a really high level like people just start queuing up you know um to work with you like clients so it's um yeah I could go on for days about like niching and ideal clients I was so I'm so passionate about it and when I started bungalow right so I've got a, a suppliers directory and there's specific aesthetics in there so it, it's kind of like modern, um, city, edgy, romantic, traditional. And I invited suppliers to apply for it. And you, you guys are both on there, aren't you? The amount yeah. of people that ticked everything, every single thing. And I was like, what? Like, honestly, about 85% of suppliers that applied to it just put themselves down for everything. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, what? You, you're not gonna these are totally different people people who will look in these um like I call them aesthetics but particular types of wedding they're all going to be totally different you're not going to appeal to them all you're kind of like watering yourself down and that's where it started I guess is I thought why don't people know who they're trying to attract because when you're trying to attract everybody you just attract no one um so yeah, that's kind of where it started. I've done a lot of like unpicking as to why, why that is. Um, and I think it's a, a lot of it and it's probably got a lot worse the last 12 months is because um, obviously money hasn't really been rolling in for a lot of wedding suppliers the last 12 months and times have been really hard for everybody. And and um, it's now is a really important time to regroup and bring everything back to basically why your business exists mm -hmm. before um, we all get stuck into um, the hundreds of weddings that we'll, we'll all work on, which is really exciting. But yeah, it's a great time to regroup before it all kicks off again. It's been really great chatting today. Um, it's been so nice to hear from you and like get to know you a bit better. We have a little segment at the end of every episode, which is where we ask if you're married, what your first dance song was and would you change it? Oh God, that's a great question. Um, so 
we our first dance was Michael Jackson. Remember the time? Yeah. Um, because yeah, because it's just oh, it's just a great song, and it's kind of like about you know when you first met and when you first went out, and and the kind of like all those like buzzy feelings that you have when you you first start um kind of going out with somebody and I guess a wedding day is like it's a bit of a reflection of that like it's always about your story up to the day right because you haven't haven't lived your married life yet so you, all you're doing is honoring from when you first got together up to up to your um to your wedding day so we had that I oh god I wanted all kinds um so <laughs> we we had loads of different suggestions and and I are very very different people but both both really into um, music, but kind of different aspects. I would have loved, absolutely loved. Um, there's a song by Justin Timberlake and Pharrell Williams called "Brand New," and I it's like um, it's got like a brass band in it, and it kind of it's really upbeat. And I would have loved that, but Aunt was like, "Now." Um, so- <laughs> we went through loads I suggested everything he suggested nothing obviously um I would have loved that one I think that one's a great an absolutely amazing first dance song and another one which I think is an amazing first dance song which he would have vetoed um is Beyonce end of time I think that's so cool for a first dance we did we were going to go with Beyonce EXO but um that John Mayer um the John Mayer version of it because he's got a cover and some massive John Mayer fan um, but we decided we weren't going to do dance lessons um, beforehand. We were just going to like freestyle, go for it <laughs> on, the, on the day round. We were just going to look like fools. And we decided that it was a little bit too slow to, um, to like for us to pull <laughs> off because Ant dances like a robot. And he's a bit like, I need something that I move a little bit more to. So, um, so yeah, we went with Michael Jackson, remember the time. And I say I'd swap it, but I probably wouldn't now. That was one of the... We had, oh my God, probably 18 months of going round and round and round as to what that song would be. That was the, one of the big things I would say to somebody is don't leave choosing your first dance song till right before your <laughs> wedding and don't leave starting your wedding playlist. If you're making a playlist for like your dinner and all that kind of thing, don't leave that till the last minute either. Do that as early into your engagement as you possibly can because that's the kind of thing, especially if you're into music, um, people like to curate right they'll hear a song on the radio they haven't heard for years and they'll be like that's got to go on there and and so don't do that in um in a rush because you'll miss out on so much um if you do that something lovely to start as early as early as you can yeah that's a good idea actually because then that's like a little thing that you can just have going on while you're planning like I definitely think that we did not do that I think we left it and um, (laughs) what we actually did I think we got a playlist but we tested out like if we could dance to every song (laughs) like in in, like dancing to all the songs um but I love the idea of just doing it through your whole like planning journey because that's like you could just have that playlist and just keep adding to it that's really nice thank you so much for coming on today we um we really really enjoyed it and I'm excited for May 3rd you'll see uh, on the uh, ideal client course yeah but oh thank you so much for having me it's thank you so much a pleasure and our worlds have like crossed haven't they for like a year or so now but it's been so nice to like stop and actually have a chat with have a exactly. chat with you guys yeah thank and you then, so much for inviting me on no thank you and last but not least can you tell our listeners where they can find you online Yep. So as <laughs> do a few different things, hang out in a few different places, mostly on Instagram. Um, so Pink Palms is at Pink Palms Events. And for any couples who are interested in Bungalow, that's at Bungalow by Pink Palms. Um, the If you click the link in the bio for either of those, we are going to open Bungalow again in July. And that will be the last time this year. So if anybody's thinking of joining, um, get on the wait list for that now, because the next time we'll open will be January after after the July intake. Um, So yeah, you can get on the wait list for that. But any um, suppliers who want to sign up for the Ideal Client Challenge on May 3rd, that's in the Pink Palms um, bio on the Pink Palms Instagram account so I've, there's loads of other places as well but we haven't got 10 minutes for me to go through all my different instagram's a big one. Oh, it's linked to everything oh yeah, yeah exactly all you need is instagram really and then you're good to go i'll put um as many links as i can anyway for you <laughs> in, in the description so 
check them out if you want to find all of those things but yeah no it's been really great thank you so much again and yeah I probably will be joining Ellie too you've definitely sold me on that course (laughs) (laughs) oh thanks guys thank you so much for having me it's so lovely to chat to you but if anybody listening to this has got any questions about anything that I have spoken about more than happy for you to send me a dm and I'll, I'll answer any questions that um that anyone has so feel free to dm me because I'm very friendly and I love to chat so <laughs> so um yeah just saying that my door is always open we're trying to keep the podcast as interactive as possible so if you enjoyed it please leave us a review you can subscribe and get updates as to when our new episodes are coming out follow us on instagram for more inspiration and we'll see you in two weeks time thank you very much everyone bye bye (laughs)